You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all Scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of The Hero of the Story. I'm Aaron, and with me of course is Brian. Brian, what's going on, man? Not much, uh, just enjoying the cooler weather, finally. That's true. God has smiled on Middle Tennessee and uh, our eight months of summer are now done. Exactly. We are now into our two to three months of fall, followed by two weeks of winter. Um, so as a Canadian, I can tell you, I'm pretty excited that it's only two weeks of winter. Now, but um, we're not here to talk about the weather as much fun as that is. Oh, loads of fun talking about the weather. It is. It is. Instead, we have a special guest here with us today. Would you like to know who it is, Brian? I... I know who it is you do. I can look and see that's him right that's right, right well um today we have trevin wax who is the general editor of the gospel project he's also the bible and reference publisher here at lifeway and um, the author of many many books including gospel Center teaching this is our time and eschatological discipleship trevin you have the best names for your books I, I really, I like all of the names of my books, too. I know. They're good. They're so, good. how long has this podcast been going on now? Uh, for a few months. Okay. And I'm just now getting invited well, to come and speak. I was just thinking, okay. I mean... For the record, every single podcast, I said, why don't we invite Trevin and Aaron while I say no? Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> well, right. On, you actually said that on the air? Every single time. <laughs> oh, I was about to say. But every time I, was I like signed off, I said, it. and there was another one without Trevin. And actually, it's actually how we end every episode. So you'd know if you'd listen to no, it. It's okay. It's, no, uh, it's okay. It's not. I mean, it's, right. it, it's not Maybe like I, it's not to like I'm the, It's not like I'm the general editor or anything of the. Uh, oh, uh, oh, you know, you know. Sorry, you know. Trevin, it's re- it's really just been you're such a big deal and your schedule is so. We can't get on the calendar. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's fun to be with you guys. Yeah, yeah. So glad glad you have you on, and um, of course we are thankful to be on the team with you because um, we love what you do and you help make us better. So it's a great team. Uh, I mean, really, the Gospel Project team is impressive all across the board. All the writers, the editors, for all the age groups, it's yep. amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And today we are talking about a very interesting and challenging, kind of challenging topic. Um, today we are going to, we want to talk about this whole idea of gospel centrality. And specifically, does gospel centrality uh, transcend theological perspectives? And what better way to address um, a potentially hot-button topic than to bring you into oh, that? Oh, so you, you wait and you hold the more controversial the topics yeah, before absolutely, you bring me on. Okay, absolutely, absolutely. No, totally get that. We want that you in the hot sense. seat. Yeah. So Trevor, we're just going to sit back and listen to you talk for 30 minutes. No, we're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think I'm ready to talk. To, I do have a quick answer to that question. All right. All right. So do, does gospel centrality transcend, what'd you say? Theological, Theological perspectives. Perspective? Yes. Yes. Yes, because, it, okay, here's the reason the answer has to be yes to that. Uh, there's, no, there's no other way to understand church history as, apart from the fact that gospel centrality must go beyond and transcend our denominational histories, our theological, particular theological streams mm-hmm. within the Christian church, because otherwise you're basically locked into thinking that whatever narrow group that you find yourself a part of that you would say is gospel-centered, that you would say that's, that's it. That's where true gospel centrality is. Um, so, you know, that it very easily. I think the answer is yes. It transcends not just theological perspectives, but denominational 
distinctives as well. But part of that, of course, goes back to how you're defining gospel centrality. That's true. That's true. So, Trevin, how would you define gospel centrality? Well, um, I've wrote a little book on that, uh, on gospel-centered teaching. No, but really it comes down to, uh, and trying to unpack that for people, uh, because I th- here here we gotta we gotta understand this is a buzzword. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So gospel everything, gospel center this, gospel center that. Gospel is an adjective uh, is is certainly a buzzword in in today's world, and there are worse buzzwords to have. So I'm not like you know anti sure. not anti gospel as you know uh, popular word, um, but um, in I, I had I have noticed, and the reason I wrote gospel center teaching was I noticed there were people who were like, you know, of course I want to be centered on the gospel, but what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I hear my pastor saying that, or I hear someone, a church leader, or maybe someone I like to listen to say that. And so um, I, I'm, I'm trying to boil it down to um, a, a few uh, very simple things. One, it's teaching that connects uh, whatever passage of the Bible that you're studying to the grand narrative of Scripture. Mm-hmm. So this obviously goes along with the Gospel Project because we're walking through the, you know, we're taking a journey through the Bible's grand narrative. Yeah. Um, so showing how all the Bible connects and how Jesus is at the center of that. So that's the 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 first thing. The the second thing would be application that's offered is connected back and seen and the scene is flowing yeah. from the gospel. So you you have the the gospel of Jesus crucified and raised is at the center of scripture, at the center of our of our um, teaching, but then any application that comes from that calls to people to obedience and all of that needs to be grounded and rooted in in that uh, that message. So, so that's the the second big component, and then the third big component that I I think is necessary is this orientation toward mission, uh, toward you know what does the gospel call us to do, or how does the Bible equip us to live on mission for for Christ's kingdom? Because the gospel is a story of God as a missionary God who sends his son, and his son comes to seek and save the lost. And so you have this this missionary impulse that is really is rooted in the very nature of God and comes out in the in the gospel itself. So I think those three elements, put them together, and I think you have a really good grasp. I'm not saying that's all that it is, but you have a really good grasp at what we're talking about when we talk about uh, gospel centrality, what it means to be centered on the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, Aaron just looked at me like I, that was my cue to say something. I just firm, I fully agree with that. Okay, so right. anything, right. here's my yeah. question. Did yeah, anything yeah. I just mentioned there to you guys strike you as like a perspective of just one theological group or one no, denomination I think, or anything like that? And I think what you said earlier, Trevin, was, was spot on that if we are to contend that my theological camp, my mind in isolation is the only one that is, is gospel-centered, as you said, that, that presupposes that, man— Everybody, all faithful believers in all of history from the New Testament forward held to my exact system of thinking. That's a little bit arrogant. Um, or, as you said, or nobody was gospel-centered and still my Until camp our group. Right. Which yeah. means that's even sudden, actually even more arrogant. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I think with humility, we've got to recognize the issue is not um, whether we are gospel-centered alone and you are not, but how do we express that? Yeah. Um, how do we live that out? Like that mission, for example. How do we live out what it looks like to be on mission? That there's room for differences there, as long as we share that belief, that core belief that we must be on mission. Right. Well, now it it, it sometimes is the case that certain revivals of certain thought or um, aspects of of theological uh, of our 
own heritage in Christianity do wind up flourishing in certain segments of the church before they they you know grow into other segments. So, for example, if you think back to the you know 1970s, 1980s, you know there was it, there was really a spirit filled kind of thing. Yeah. So spirit filled this, spirit filled that. Spirit, it was kind of like. The spirit was a buzzword, like the gospel is a buzzword. Right. And that was happening in a lot of um, non-denominational and some charismatic circles at the time. Um, and and really, you, you saw that, I, I'm thinking of, you know, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, and you think yeah. you think of like this kind of stuff was happening in that, in that, but, uh, um, that sort of side of the evangelical church at the time. But certainly that didn't mean that the rest of evangelicalism was not spirit-filled. What eventually happened, though, is you see through a lot of the worship music that came out of that and whatnot, mm-hmm. it eventually, the entire evangelical movement was, I think in most cases, um, uh, has benefited yeah. from some of those emphases that showed up in one wing of the, the church. And, but it would have been right. a mistake, though, to say you have to be a Pentecostal yeah. to be spirit-filled. Now, some groups say that. Um, or you have to be, you know, and and so similar with the gospel centrality stuff, um, it it seems like a lot of the the recent energy around it in the past fifteen years or so mm-hmm. has been a lot in the what's been known as the like, young restless reform movement and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it would be a mistake to say gospel centrality belongs to that group or is in, isolated to or is isolated to right. that group. I think instead it's better to say, okay, this sort of wing of the Christian church right now has really, you know, is it has really latched on to a real a, what we'd say is a, a key part of of just solid Christian teaching. Yeah. And hopefully, and I think we're seeing it happen is you you're seeing and I'm seeing this in language from uh, authors and writers and preachers from all different streams, you see people moving to, to you know to a lot of these truths that are that were sort of rediscovered and kind of the energy was around in that movement it's all throughout evangelicalism right and, and I think that's what we see when the church is at its best we we look at one another through that lens of humility and learn from one another and say I may not agree with everything this camp or this group or this denomination or whatever stands for but here's some things that they they're doing right that we can yeah. learn from that's when we're at our best absolutely um, conversely for at, at risk of hyperbole we're at our worst when we do the opposite when we dig in our, our heels and say no this I've got a corner on the truth this alone and you have to be just like me or else I'm going to reject you well and that's that's actually something that um, our founding editor uh, Ed Stetzer has talked about pretty extensively in uh, in a fairly recent book too um, his uh, Christians in the age of outrage um, just this this whole idea that um, in order to be faithful you have to be like me mm-hmm. and um, increasingly, that seems to be a challenge that we have as believers in this particular time and place. That um, we can't seem to just get along with e- with each other and agree on, like as long as we understand that we agree on Major what's in, what's yeah. most important. Um, how does that? Um, what kind of what kind of guidance would you offer, Trevin? Um, to to leaders who are wrestling with that, who are who are frustrated with that that kind of posture of us versus them that um, we're increasingly we've increasingly seen say over the last five years or so. Are you talking about pol- politically or theologically? Because um, I mean, politically, I well, think is a big <laughs> yeah. That, that big one's of, so let's let's limit it to let's it. limit it to theologically. Um, well, I think leaders that are frustrated with the sort of theological tribalism, if we can say that, yeah. are generally not the ones who are going to be most uh, 
at risk, I, I, I don't think, at risk for being unnecessarily combative. Mm-hmm. I think it's the people who love that fight. Um, and who who really enjoy that? I'm not talking about good debate. That happens. Mm. That that yeah. and that should happen. But, yeah. You know, but it, because it's not. So there's on the one side, we we live in a relativistic age where it's like we all can't we all just get along and let's just put aside our differences and all pretend that we're really all on the same page on every corner. I think that's ridiculous, and that's actually part of what is leading to some of the tribalism is because it's so unsatisfying mm-hmm. um you know the I, I love the chesterton quote you knew i was going to quote Chesterton. of course at some i did point. um the chesterton quote you know the only problem with a quarrel is that it interrupts a good argument mm-hmm. meaning you ought to know how to have a good argument you know yeah. being able to actually debate something um quarrel is when it gets really personal and gets really nasty yeah. really quickly um so so i i don't i'm not a you know i don't think the answer is relativism where we just basically you know, paper over or flatten out all of the distinctives. At the same time, though, we we need to to be careful that we're not holding too tightly to certain things that Christians have had legitimate disagreements on for uh, for a long, long time. I mean, right. that, I, I I get tickled sometimes when I see online on either social media or blogs or whatnot where someone will write a, a post. It's like the definitive takedown. Of you know the the Wesleyan view of the second blessing or of the <laughs> Calvinist view of predestination or what I'm yeah. like okay if some of these things have been debated about by church members and, and Christians who love Jesus love reading their Bibles love for hundreds of years and if and if and if suddenly like your blog post is the definitive answer it's it's really not like, yeah. let's just go ahead and a little bit of humility in recognizing um, that. We, you know, we're God's going to have to straighten us all out yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of the day. That doesn't mean we don't hold firmly to, to differences of perspective, but I think we've got to have a posture of, of humility yeah. and a willingness to learn from people um, that are um, in, in different theological camps and, and tribe. I, I, I'll give a great example. Yep. I know a guy who is um, a good pastor, a good friend of mine, just definitely anti almost anything young wrestlers reform that kind of thing like just but but who has who has said um you know one of the things that has really benefited my preaching from having read and gotten into some of the um the conversations uh about gospel centrality has been this making sure that i'm pointing to jesus and he's not just example but as savior and lord yeah in every sermon in every passage of scripture he and he's basically reclaiming a part of his own theological heritage it's there like he didn't really realize it because it kind of had gotten buried, and he's like, "I'm actually grateful that in this other wing of the church, this thing got unearthed, and it's actually changed to some extent and benefited the way I'm I'm preaching." I think that's the kind of thing that needs to happen um, across the board, no matter what movement we're talking about—spirit-filled, gospel-centered, whatever it is. Yeah. That there's yeah. that sort of what what how how does my ministry benefit from what God's doing over in this in this part of the church? Yeah, absolutely. So. With that, um, because we talked about this, uh, you know, we talked about gospel centrality at its, you know, the greatest fear is that it's a fad. Um, you know, that's that's been something that's been thrown about by various various people um, over the last several years. That the worst thing that could happen is that this is just a flash in the pan; it doesn't last, um, and then we just go back on to doing whatever it is that we were doing before. And you know, whether that's whether that's helpful helpful for the church overall overall or not um at best 
um, it essentially becomes um, just part of the the natural. Well, of of course, this is yes. You know the DNA, and I'm hoping for that. Absolutely, outcome. absolutely. So how can we how can we help one another move toward move toward that? Well, I I think it's important that we don't insist on certain labels and names in order to to um, to for people yeah. to be seen as really getting what we're talking about. Okay, so yeah. I I mean I long for the day when we don't have a word called gospel centered preaching. Mm-hmm. It's just preaching <laughs> because by its very nature, everybody understands preaching is going to be gospel centered. Exactly. Right. Or got same thing with gospel centered. I mean, if, if my name could, if the name of my book, gospel centered teaching, could just be redundant. At one point, I think that would be an excellent place yeah. to be. Um, and there have been times throughout church history where that has been the yeah. case. Um, so, so I, I mean, spirit-filled Christians should be redundant, right? Sure. There, there, it should just every Christian should seek to be and want to be spirit-filled. So, uh, so yeah. I, 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 I do think it's important though that we don't look too much at labels and names and say that's. You know, I've seen stuff that kind of fly. Here's the here's the danger with the fattest stuff. Yeah, I've seen stuff fly under kind of use the terminology of gospel centrality that's really not. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's either as legalistic as as other things we've seen, or as moralistic in other ways. So I recognize people see there's some kind of value in the terms because it is buzzword and what and we'll, yeah. we'll use the terms so i think we got to be careful that we don't let we don't necessarily think that someone that doesn't use the label isn't and we shouldn't also at the same time think that everybody that uses the label is makes sense makes well, sense yeah and there's two things there that, that one is you're saying if we overuse it then it becomes meaningless that's right and i think that's why we've seen some things become fast before you just get fatigue of that and it's meaningless yeah and so we abandon that the other thing is we've been talking about, the more we, we try to parse this and, and, and cram gospel centrality into a camp, the more combative others will get or defensive or hurt or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're hurting that cause. Yeah, we, we might be protecting gospel centrality in our, in our tribe <clears throat> very specifically, but in, in an effort to do that, we're hurting the kingdom yeah. overall. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the two things I, I think just we have to keep in well, mind. Because you're actually building up an <clears throat> alert. If you, if you too closely identify gospel centrality with one theological perspective you are building up allergies in people yes. from other uh theological camps yeah. an allergy to gospel centrality altogether yeah. which is terrible yeah. <laughs> because the, this idea of the, the grand narrative of scripture it's a worldview thing it's very yeah. very important and jesus said the center of everything is vitally important and the connection of mission back to the gospel these things matter and they matter regardless of the the, the camp you find yourself in. So mm-hmm. we should be doing everything yeah. we can to see the 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 impetus and the the emphasis of gospel centrality spreading throughout evangelicalism uh, without some sort of boundary fencing saying it can only happen yeah. as long as everyone yeah. agrees you with know, the same thing. It's just the theme, just to, to bang it on again, but it's just this theme of the narcissism that just is rampant in so many of us today that, that as you said, Trevor, you know, we all think uh, that we have something to say and what we have to say matters. Like, hey, this is the first time nobody has ever thought of this. And so I'm going to write this this blog post or whatever. And and, and this this idea that uh, we are, you know, the, the world revolves around Innovative us. Innovative. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and that, I think that just feeds into this <clears throat> to, a, to a great degree. 
Um, yeah, if nobody's ever thought of it before, you're probably writing it, on a heresy. Exactly. Um, or you may be, it's probably a warmed over heresy because those get recycled mm-hmm. too. I sure do. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just think humility here is, is just, again, yeah. who, who would have thunk it? Just as Christ is humble, so should we be. I know. It's, it, it, it's revolutionary in how simple it is. Yeah, and if you're arrogant, if you're, if you're arrogant about your gospel centrality, it is only in, it's probably only affected your head and has not made it down to your heart. Mm. So I, I just your your tone and your posture can actually betray your message. Yes. We believe that. Right. We believe that is I mean this is part of what Jesus talks about with hypocrisy. This is what Yeah. Um and but it's so true here. If you're going to be arrogant about grace, then you're, you've really undercut your, your, the power of the own, of yep. the message that you've got. Absolutely. So, um, so just thinking about that for a second, how, how can we encourage more humility in, in that so that in just let's, let's make it real simple. Um, cause we've all met the, we've all either been or met, um, folks who have, you know, really discovered and latched on and to, to gospel centrality and have been kind of jerk story about it. Um, how have how, what's a helpful way to guide someone out of that and into more of a humble attitude? Well, I mean, I, it it sounds cliche to say that the the gospel is the answer, but <laughs> the gospel is the answer. No, um, you know, one of the one of the things I like to say is if when you're looking up to God for salvation, you can't look down on anyone else. Mm-hmm. You can't be looking up and down at the same time. So if you're looking down on on others because they haven't somehow arrived at your level of I don't know theological expertise or wherever you are in your theological journey, then um, then you you've actually backtracked, whether you think you have or not. You're you're not in the posture of receiving of grace if you're uh, if you're not willing and able to to extend grace. So it really does come back to our own hearts mm-hmm. being melted by the uh, the the truth of God's word um, first and first and foremost. Um, that that said. I mean, I, there are some other things I think that are helpful. I think re, make sure you're reading outside of one theological stream. Mm-hmm. Um, other beneficial places throughout it. I, people say, oh, I might get confused if I do that. I was like, well, you might, or you could come away with an appreciation yeah. for, for people that um, love Jesus and love the Bible and just see some things differently than you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so so making sure that you're varying up a little bit your your reading and listening to and just and and you know um and and then w- one other thing i would say is the, the community of faith really matters um you've, you you got to have people around you who will beat some of that out of you not 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 uh physically although sometimes <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah, I'm not not talking about like a fight club thing here i'm just mean <laughs> like you've got to have some people around you that will be like you know you know gosh you're you you're really being a jerk yeah yeah <laughs> like someone's got to be able to say yeah. get you to to show up some of that that silliness and just selfishness that that comes up right um and it's and that's a blessing to have it's yeah. a blessing to have so the community of faith matters because it reminds us of what's most essential and it's not scoring theological points but serving one another in the name of Christ mm. and that's that's ultimately going to matter more than any of the yeah. debates we have yeah. yeah i would i would just add to that uh, similarly, I, I think for us to remember the times that that we can look back and and see how our beliefs have have shifted, you know, there are certain non-essential doctrines that have changed 
in my mind. In oh, my no, heart. I haven't changed anything. Well, I'm you're you're a better man than me, Trevin. <laughs> just you kidding. Were, I'm you, just Trevin kidding. was born that's correct. Right. No, that's right. See, I mean, you think about. <laughs> I haven't grown at all. <laughs> exactly. I haven't grown at all in more ways than one. If you've uh, ever seen me. So, the, so that I think you know, you, see, except you for Trevin. So, <laughs> you know, except for Trevin, that that, that gives us a little some bit other of people aren't here right now. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, um, guys, this has been a really great conversation. Um, Trevin, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, glad to be this. invited. Finally, finally <laughs> Trevin. You know, uh, you know, thanks in, for inviting me on. Absolutely. In seven or eight months, when we have another tough <laughs> yeah, topic, exactly. we're bringing you yeah. back, and you are going to, and you're going to take care of business. I can only imagine what kind of tough topic. But you know, I'm used to doing tough topics on podcasts. Yeah, sure. Just a plug for Word Matters, the podcast Brandon Smith and I do that's sponsored by the CSB. We take tough passages of scripture and we go through the the uh, uh, different um, interpretations and mm-hmm. generally we'll give our take on yeah. them. Sometimes Brandon and I disagree. That's always fun. Gen- generally, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Word well, matters. I mean, everybody yeah. disagrees with Brandon, so it's fine. That's that. Um, that's how yeah. you know you're right. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> uh, does he listen to this podcast? Uh, he's been not. on it. So oh, fine. he's been on it. Yeah. Okay. Before you, mind you. Yeah. 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 So. Well, I'm not going to say anything more about that. I think I made my point rather clear. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm getting fired, and uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, it's been nice hosting with you, Brian. That's right. Brian. We, went out, we went out with a bang. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, uh, guys, thanks so much. Uh, Listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you've got a question that you want us to address, um, shoot us a line at uh, thegospelproject.lifeway.com or um, you can connect with us on social media. Thanks for listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project, a family of resources revealing how all Scripture gives testimony to Jesus. Learn more at gospelproject.com.